0: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hi, everyone, and uh, welcome again to the Renee Stubbs Tennis Podcast. Well, it really should be the, uh, let's call it the, well, we nicknamed ourselves hashtag Pertubbsy, Petco, Stubbsy, I think that's still pretty good. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the Pertubbsie, uh podcast. Uh, podcast, I think we should start calling it. Um, but what a day yesterday. Of course, women's finals day was played in the evening. And uh, Petco, what do you think about the two back-to-back matches in the evening before we get into the actual matches? Well, I know what
2: you think. <laughs> and I'm sure we will get into it and in, into a five-minute rant from Renee Stubbs. But I agree with you. We talked about it on the way back in the car. I agree with you 100%. I'm all for a night session because yeah. the atmosphere was absolutely electric. Yeah. It was fascinating to see, especially the Goff-Sabalenka, but also the Zhang the and Jastrzemska match. The atmosphere was great. It was amazing to play underneath the lights. It was raining in Melbourne, so the roof was closed. It really had an indoor feel. However, start at 6 yeah, start at or 6.30 6, or 6.30, because again, we were home at 1.30 a.m. And that's us. That's us. So we don't sleep before 2.00. And think about the players, you know, because they are riled up even more than... And we already have adrenaline flowing through our bloods. We Mm. both called the second match as well. So you will get excited for these players. You see these great narratives and stories play out and you can't go to sleep. Imagine what the players feel like who have played on the big stage, who have felt the atmosphere. They won't be able to sleep until 3, 4 a.m. We talk about this all the time and it's really rough to come back from that and play the biggest match of possibly your life. Yeah um so yeah just start a bit earlier just a bit it's one hour and at least at least difference. look at,
1: you know i understand there's a lot of things that go into it clearly we both work in television and mm. you know we're in production meetings and we hear all the time and I, i'm sure and i know from working here for channel seven the channel seven network when they covered it they want to, they want to start after the news like mm. the news is very important for people to watch on tv and then they want to put the tennis on so then that's why they start at seven well then start at seven don't start at seven thirty eight. Mm. You know, there was, um, you know, some, um, there was some, um, uh, uh, announcements made before the match, um, which was fantastic. Yvonne Collie, Goulangon- yes. they announced that the Indigenous Day at the Australian Open is now going to be called the Yvonne Collie Day, which is all great. Yeah. So there's all some really wonderful things. And, you know, we had the Women's Inspirational Series, um, with Elle McPherson and Yvonne over there yesterday, and that was great. And I really appreciate that Tennis uh, Australia do that. Um... You know, have all these wonderful women, like, come together and have this great day. But, like, I think starting at 7, essentially 7.40. So, therefore, by the time the first couple of games is done, it's already 8 o'clock. So, I mean, if Coco and Sabalenka had gone three sets, I mean, those the second match wouldn't have got on the court till like, 11 o'clock or something. I just think it's too late for the people to be sitting there as well, like... To go to go and sit and watch a second match. I mean, I saw people yawning at like 12, 10, which is when they finished or something. It's mm-hmm. like I was yawning. I mean, it's just, I think it's just too late as far as I'm concerned. I know the rest of the world don't really care because the rest of the world are like, oh, great. It's on our time zone yeah, now. Yeah, well,
2: that also plays into the it part. Does, tennis it does. is a global sport. It and does. our stars are global stars. Uh, they come from all over the, the world. Uh, as we see now, we have... But is China ahead China is ahead of no. Australia, but a little bit behind. A little bit behind, so but they peak are hour. on the, they, yeah, it would have been peak hour. And I've heard, for example, from the day before when Coco Gauff got scheduled at 1 uh, one p.m. Normally they w- they started at 12 and then they played this long match when Coco played Kostyuk So I heard ESPN actually requested the 1 p.m. start because that would have been prime time in the U.S. And they had Coco and Taylor Fritz playing back to back. So they wanted that in the prime yeah. time. There's a lot so that goes So there's into a it. lot to go, that goes into But we're, of course, we w- both were former players. We're arguing from the perspective of the players. And yeah. we're arguing from the perspective of how recovery works and how sleep works. And I think that's why uh, we would like to, to have it start maybe just one, in, one hour just early. Just one hour
1: early. Anyway, besides that, what a great first match um, that was played no question i watch coco play every match that was by far the best match she's she's played the tournament i think she came out hitting her forehand really clearly aggressively swinging through it which is literally the biggest issue that she has she sort of has that windscreen wiper um, forehand finish and if you don't accelerate through that it's going to be in the bottom of the net Mm. and then when you get nervous very short or when you get nervous if you don't swing it becomes just a little too short mm. <laughs> and it sits there. And at I thought Coco did a great job of not panicking at the beginning because mm. Sabalanka came out like she's done against everybody and was just like seven points in a row, mm. like, oh my God. Goes up to love. It's like, here we go. But then all of a sudden, especially from side you could see the shift with the anxiety level of Sabalenka when Coco broke back to go 2-1 and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, we've got the match that we expected on our hands. Coco making a million balls. Coco not missing the Mm. forehand. Coco hitting her backhand great. Coco started to serve well. And then you saw all of a sudden, Sabalenka went from controlling it to, oh shit, she's back to lockdown mode of not missing. And then you could see the anxiety level grow. And there was one point on her serve when she lost her serve, I think it was at 4-3, Where she won a point to go like fifteen all or something, and she screamed really loud for the first time, like "Come on!" and I thought, "Ooh, that's a lot of anxiety Mm. for someone who's leading us up a break right now." And sure enough, that's the game she lost because when Sabalenka is obviously always a bit of a nutter and always a little bit anxious looking, Mm. but you can tell when the anxiety grows just that ten percent because all of a sudden her her timing goes completely off on her Mm. on her groundies and she misses by. Away, Like in the bottom of the net or f- 12 feet wide and you're like, oh shit, all of a sudden she's starting to press knowing that Coco's getting the ball back. She doesn't know what to do. I could tell that like all the anxiety from the US Open was like entering her body mm. and then it became a match and then Coco was 5-4, 30 love and missed relatively easy forehand. 5-4 or 6-5? Oh, 6'5". Yeah, but does it, serving for so the, the first set. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it was 6'5". And I was like, oh, boy. And then you could see Coco just realised, oh, no, my forehand. Because the next point she had a relatively easy forehand and just hit it so badly with no racket head speed whatsoever. And I hadn't seen that for at least the whole set. And I went, oh, boy, this is going to be a tie break again. Mm. And sure enough. She was broken. It went into a tiebreak. It was, but it was so emotionally up and down that first yeah. set. It was crazy. It was
2: a re, it was really, really high quality. I have to say. And two things on Coco's forehand. I think when she plays people like Sabalenka, she knows she has to hit it yeah. right. When she plays Marta Kostyuk, she feels like she can get away with just putting it in and, and scraping by. It it, yeah, and scraping by on her athleticism. Right. And I think she likes the pace. I think when somebody hits with... And the thing is with Sabalenka's forehand, we talked about it um, over the course of the fortnight many times. Yes, it's fast, but it's also a bit heavy. So she can get under the ball. It's not necessarily as flat Flat. as other girls play it. And so she can get under the ball. And I think that suits her really well, that ball. Because it's fast, so she doesn't have to generate too much but it still sits up enough that, that she can bit. get under the ball with that extreme of a grip and I, and I think that's why the head to head is slightly in favor of Coco cuz I don't think the Sabalenka forehand bothers her as much as It does and other the forehands. it was
1: interesting cuz I saw them both and I saw Sabalenka in particular who had sort of choices of where she was going to go with her backhand and rather than go to the forehand she went big to the backhand mm-hmm. which is normally something where she's like Oh, I'm going to win this battle. Yeah. I'm going to win back end to back end against anybody. And arguably, you could say that. Yes. But against Coco, mm-hmm. negative. She's not going to win that battle. Coco loves you hitting the ball hard to her back end. And her back end, because she's so athletic, she's going to win that ball a lot. Mm. So you could tell that she was like panicked. But she was like trying to almost make a statement I'm going to hit you off the back end. And then she was like, oh, shit, that's not working. Mm. So it was just so fascinating um, to watch this sort of like this whole matchup, and mm. you're right, because in the next match with Yastrzemska and Jung, they both hit the ball harder than Sabalenka. Mm. We showed it on the stats, and because I said, I said something like, Yastrzemska hits the ball so big, both of these two, and then the guy that I was working with, Chris Fowler, he's like, really? And I was like, oh, yeah, I think you get, you get a little bit confused because the grunt is so loud And yeah. Sabalenka. <laughs> you're like, oh, my God, that ball's coming so big. But it isn't because we proved it by yeah. showing that those two after them actually hit the ball harder. Yeah. So I think you're right, when it comes to Savalenka, particularly the forehand, she puts just enough spin, sure. yeah. which is by the way why she's playing better.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, on the ball, which is allows Coco to actually get under it a little bit. Yeah. So but the tiebreakers oh my it was, god. It was
2: it was I think two things about Coco. I think she lost the first set, because of her serve, again, yeah. it just let her down with the double faults in the most important moments. I think at 30, 15 she had after like that. in the
1: first set or something. Yeah, was, and I
2: think on the, after she missed the forehand, she had a double, double fault to yep. go 30 all. And that's the best feeling in the world on the other side. Yeah, because you're like, oh, her weaknesses are cracking. Exactly, because that's just the mental signal, I got her. Yeah. She's choking, she's yeah. tight, she's tense. But then I have to also say... Coco, what a competitor, Oh, yeah. Because just looking at the tennis, Irina Sabalenka should win this match in the form she's in right now, 6-2, 6-3. But just by sheer competitiveness and mental strength and mental fortitude and athleticism, of course, that backhand... Um, Coco almost... And I swear to God, if she had won that first set, it would have been 7-5, 6-3. Yeah. Because you could... Exactly what you said. And I was watching in the green room getting ready for the next match. So I was like a million miles away and the anxiety was bouncing off of the roof and you could just feel that US Open trauma let's say because she should have won that final if we're <coughs> and the honest. crowd was loud last yes, night yes they were and i'm
1: well because the roof was closed also yes. it was even louder yes and you could probably think in some respects for as uh, for sabalenka that oh god there was no question there was scar tissue i actually after after the match i did the flash interview with her for espn and i did ask her was there a moment where the us open came into your mind mm. and she said absolutely mm. which is interesting because some people say no and is not a bullshitter. Yeah. She's going to tell you the truth. She's like, yeah, there's no question. That started to creep into my mind a little bit because it was very similar. Yes, upper set yes. and a break, like looking comfortably and the crowd b- brought her back. And there's no question
2: the crowd... I think the crowd were very even in yes. that match last night. But, of course, they always root for the underdog. It, which and is Arena, what happened. Yes, exactly. Because Arena was up the entire first set until Coco turned it around. She won the seven, first seven points. Yeah. So the crowd
1: were like, oh, no, this is going to be a pooper-scooper match. you know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, we've got a match. So I yeah. think they really... And, frankly, I think the Sabalenka grunt kind of gets to people. It kind of mm. gets annoying. Mm. And I think some people that are really, truly neutral start sort of shifting yeah, towards... Yeah, yeah the player that's not making the noise and not being like you know obnoxious in their eyes mm. um, and they started pulling for coco i think mm. in that regard because yeah. of that but um you know we know that Arena's well, a are like, nice girl and both
2: and of them are really likable i have to yeah, say i think you can tell that um, audience just flock to both of them because yeah. they are an arena different than than coco also a great competitor just in her whole very expressive right yeah. you see the anxiety you see the kicking happiness kicking the ball when she like misses exactly. a volley yes. i mean she's a, she's a classic she's a classic she's- but just both in their own ways and this is what i really like about them and I want to put um, Iga and uh, and Rebakina into this as well. Like we talk about lack of personalities and yes, maybe Iga and Rebakina are a little bit more introverted, but they all have their very own thing on court. Yeah. If you think about it, the Iga nervousness, the anxiety that propels her to do better than the Rebakina ice queen type of thing where she never reacts to anything. They all have their own manner and how they behave on court. And I, I have to say, I really like it. I feel like there is this, theory the silhouette theory i don't know if you know that and it's about how somebody is iconic when you can just tell them by the silhouette, silhouette like yeah. the michael jordan yeah. classic elvis you know just by seeing the hair you know exactly who you talk who uh, who it is uh, amy winehouse and i feel like if i could just glance at one of these players and see how they walk and behave on the court i could right away place them and i think it's a it's a great moment for women's tennis and yeah
0: For Memorial Day, get 15% off your burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. So, Chin Wan Chen, I
1: mean it's, it's, it's interesting to me because I'm, I'm just going to toot my own horn here because, you know, how I like to do that. <laughs> but ESPN sent out an e- email every single tournament prior to, okay, who's, you know, who are your two picks and who are your two picks outside of the top ten to do well in the tournament? And I picked Hutchinoff in the men's and I picked Q. <laughs> I picked Chin uh, Win to get to do well in the women's. Um, now, did I think she make make the final? I didn't know, but I certainly knew she had the capability of doing that. Just because the last twelve months has been an epic rise for her. I mean, she's now with that win in the, the top ten mm. of the, in the world. So, um, you know, admittedly, I picked Eager to win the tournament, and I picked Novak. So, uh, just for just to be honest, but but my outsider is looking really good. But boy, um, talk about great composure. Mm, Ustenska um, came out. I have to say considering they've never been in a semi-final, either of them, considering, you know, the, the enormity of the crowd and the moment, I thought they both came out looking very composed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is obviously composed because she's got to be fucking exhausted. <laughs> I mean, she's played like 48 matches, yeah. you know, to get there, seven matches to get to the semi-final,
2: which is in, pretty extraordinary, especially in the quality. She won every match in three sets. And in the when she got to the main draw all her opponents were top 50 opponents she only yeah. beat top 50 starting yeah. with Vondrushova yeah. number 7 in the world in yeah. the first round but she beat all top top 50 opponents and interestingly in two sets so clearly yeah. the, outside the top 100 players somehow harder for her to end the top 50 i think she doesn't players.
1: focus maybe on them or just overplays or who knows but she'll her ranking will rise tremendously after this she'll be almost seated for the next uh, Grand Slam and I think a lot of players will appreciate that they don't have to play her but um, you know it was a really really good competitive match mm. there's no question that Yastromsk came out playing unbelievable yeah. got, got up to love as well last night you're like oh, okay um, but then Q has this amazing ability to be so composed mm. and mm. I love her personality on the court because I think she's super composed she doesn't show a lot of facial expressions or being upset or being happy yeah But then, when she plays a great point and she lets out the cool, yes, I love that that because she's letting her opponent know that you know what. I'm composed, but I'm also going to step on you yes, when it's time. Yes. And very similar to Pete Sampras. Yes. Pete Sampras was like that. He's like very, very cool. And then when he went, come on, that one time you were like, oh, shit. Roger was yeah. like that. Federer. Yeah. Very rarely let out the come on. But I
2: love Q's personality like that. And what you said, what you just said now, I want to pick up on that because that is such a uh, astute observation that you said about um, when she's there, when she's in front, she steps on you. Yeah. Because... She is a front runner. We had the stat in the booth. When she breaks early, she wins 82% of sets. That's an incredible That's number. And she also is 18 and 1 when she wins the first set in Grand Slams. And the only time she lost was the Iga Swiatek match at the French Open when she had the period cramps. Yeah. Do you remember this And at she's the... playing Iga on and clay. And she's playing on Iga on clay, so even without period cramps it would have been really tough to pull through. And she was but... so young. Yeah, and that was, was two so years uh, that yep. was two years ago, so exactly what you said she's an absolute front runner, and who do we know to be front runners the Serenas serenas it's, that's it uh, well, the big champions right the yeah. rogers, yeah. the Rafas, yeah. the novaks when they break early, you can go take a photograph of yourself how you looked at that moment. <laughs> you can walk to the net and shake
1: hands, um, but I thought she was great um Stromska, you know. Uh, had the trainer out at one point. We're not sure what happened there, but you know, she has played a lot of tennis, so it wouldn't surprise me if she's a little injured. But just overall, I think uh, Wen is a player that, you know, there is so much about her game that can get better mm. too, her, the second serve, her volleys mm. um, because she hits such a big ball and heavy ball. It's gonna actually allow her to come into the net more than she realizes yeah. because women on the run you know, whether it's a backhand or forehand, is that when the ball's hit with that top spin, it's jumping out of the hitting yeah, zone. Exactly. So there's gonna be balls that they just get to, but it's gonna be in the air. And if she can learn to just take that out of the air, um, mm. I think that'll be even an added thing for her. Yeah. So there's so many things that she can get better at.
2: So both let's play, play but both players really oh, I think Diana also I think also that she played good. I think she probably had matches where she would say she played better, but she played as you said, seven thousand matches yeah. coming here. So she clearly was a bit tired. She returned so hard, and it was really... Oh, my God, so hard. Yes, so hard. She, by far the the hardest of all the eight quarter finalists, actually. And it was so great to see how Chin Wen got used to it. In the beginning, she was overwhelmed by the pace that came at her. Oh, but yeah. then she just got used to it, and she kept doing this little pick-up yeah. and neutralizing the rally. And I on was like, forehand. oh, my God, on the forehand side with that extreme grip. I was like, oh, my God, that's really hard. And I think if Diana can develop her defensive game a little bit because you can see it oh yeah when she's her on the dead movement, run she's still trying to go for the most she goes for a winner but you see why because she never actually catches her body weight to cover the other court she always runs through it yeah. and if you run through it just a few steps you gotta hit you a have winner. to hit a winner because yeah. you're not coming back no and so if she can develop that maybe a bit more maybe it's a strength thing maybe yeah. she just needs to get a bit stronger in the legs and and the glutes that she can catch her body weight. And Chin-Wen does that amazing. And I really think, and you asked her in the interview about it, I really think her defensive game yesterday Which, was the difference because yeah. she got a few slices back where you thought the point was over. Diana doesn't like the short slice into the, she dec- that's the only shot she decelerates her wrist on and her stroke on is when she gets that short slice into yeah. the, like Taylor Fritz, we talked about yeah. it in the in the other day. And um, and so for both players, still very young, incredible prospects. If they improve a few of the aspects of the game, I think they will be contenders at every single Grand Slam yeah. if they put their minds to it. And, you know, there are so many things. You have to stay healthy. You have to learn to deal with the expectations that now come your way and so on and so forth. But just strictly tennis-wise speaking, I think both of these players have incredible potential, especially Chen Wen, because she has the poise. Yeah, the poise and, is uh, huge.
1: Although Yostranska has improved hers as well, because yeah. she used to be a little bit more petulant, and she'd default matches and call the trainer out and all the bullshit that she does and had done in the past. So I think she's hopefully realising that ah, that's actually, mm, A, not cool, and B, I, I don't need to do that. Mm. No, I'm too good. Like i I got to like get the respect from the locker room back, and that's... You know, slowly, hopefully, with these results, she'll get that um, that respect back in the locker room because of it. Um, because she's had some dubious defaults in the past. I'm just going to say that, like six love, five love, and they said, oh, I've had enough. The like, classic DDs. The classic DDs. Dubious defaults. Yes, that's it. And we'll get that put on a t shirt. Um, so, finals. Tabalenka, Chinwen, what do you think?
2: I think that so. Arena, I'm uh, I'm going to back uh, Zabalenka. I think she's, I said it before, I'll say it again, she's the player to beat at this Australian as this year's Australian Open. Um, I think she should be at this form. She should be unplayable. Mm-hmm. I think she has these quirks where she just wanders off for a few games and overplays and uh, instead of just, you know, putting the ball in and waiting for the right volley, um she sometimes just gets nervous and anxious but she is uh, just i want to say two levels ahead of the pack right now yeah. i will say though the most impressive thing about chin Wen to me was she had all the pressure ever since the quarterfinals yeah. on her shoulders even though the first time she reached the second round Sorry, second round, second week of a Grand Slam was four months ago at the US Open. Mm. So she's not experienced and she did it so well. She was expected to make the final. That's the toughest place to be in, especially as a young player. And she made the final and now she has absolutely nothing to lose. She can play with full freedom. She can go for it. She can swing freely. And it's going to be interesting to see how Arena reacts to that heaviness of the forehand because she not hasn't had that so much so far. I did interview <clears throat>
1: uh, Chen Wen after the match, and um, her when I asked her about playing the final because the last time they played, she got absolutely smacked on the court um, at the U.S. Open by Sabalenka, but she's a more experienced player now and she's a, arguably a better player now. But I did ask her about how she's going to turn it around, and basically she said, "Look, it's a final. Anything can happen in a final." Mm-hmm. And you, you just never know. And I thought, that's really smart. She's not like, oh, it's my first. It's her third. Like, uh, you know, she wasn't thinking about Sabalenka being this player. She was like, there's vulnerabilities there. Mm. Everyone has vulnerabilities in finals, and I'm going to take advantage of that. So we'll see. Hopefully it's a competitive match because if it is, it'll be great. because. And
2: are- I have to say one thing, and I have to make this point. Remember five, six days ago when everyone was talking about how the women's jaw fell apart and how all the seeds are dropping like flies. In the end, all is good because we have the second best player in the world in, the, in one of the uh, bottom halves that came through. And we have a young, very now talented, top now top 10 player on the other side so if we could have signed this before the australian open all of us would because chin is has been the hope for the last two years yeah. and arena obviously has played so solidly on the grand slam stages so really nothing went that much awry
1: yeah and i can tell you the tournament's happy about it especially australia the australian open is the Oceania oceana pacific mm, grand slam yes and so trust me when you have a chinese player in the final and you've got 6 billion people, literally. Not, I'm not making that number up this time. Like, are going to be watching this match and the interest in tennis in China again with what happened with Li Na, who's here at this tournament because it's her 10th year anniversary, which is fantastic. And I have a feeling, and I don't know this, I have a feeling she might be the one giving the trophy out. Oh, that would be cool. Because that's yes. one of the reasons why they probably... Uh, you know, she's down here. So we'll see. I don't know who's going to be. Yeah. That's just a guess. And but it, wouldn't it be great yes. and amazing if... It was Chinwen Wen who yes. ended up winning the tournament and getting the trophy from Li Na. But either way, it's going to be a great final. Yeah, and
2: just just a little anecdote: we our uh, booth is next to CCTV. Oh, so we uh, ran into the Chinese reporters after Chinwen Wen won, and they were beside themselves. Beside themselves, and we asked them, "How many people do you think will watch?" And they were just. Gesturing like you, they can't even place the number, how many. Well, they were so excited. It was really fun to see. And
1: she is going to influence some little 11-year-old 11, 11 kid to take up tennis and win, play tennis because that's what happened. when you. See, we've all seen the photo of Chin yeah. Chinwin watching the women's final when Lee Na won it and this big smile on her face. And who would have thought 10 years later she'd be having a chance to do the same thing. So role models are very, very important. Uh, just real quick because we don't, we don't want to keep going on and on, on forever. Novak and Sinner. It's going to be a great match today. Can't I cannot wait. wait. I cannot
2: wait for both. I mean, honestly, all semifinals, women's and men's side, are just little cupcakes with a little bit of jam filling, a nice frosting, And the sprinkles. best of frostings. Yes. No sprinkles. Just a little bit of sprinkle. klein? Yeah. What, you know what the sprinkle is? Yeah. That you and I get to announce the matches. Oh, that's true. That's that the is sprinkle. the sprinkle. That is the sprinkle. Yeah. And just two words, because the Germans were in the doubles semifinals, men's Köpfer and Hanfmann. So I watched the entire doubles. I think maybe this was the first time I watched the doubles from first point to last. And both men's semifinals I know. ended in the third set tiebreaker. And it was incredible. It was so exciting and uh, a true nail biter, Rohan Bopana, 43 years old. I mean, unbelievable. Honestly, Renee, I'm a little bit disappointed by you because I still expect you to come back and show these girls and get your shit together. Start working out, fix your shoulder, fix your neck, and stop being a pussy ass bitch. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. The shoulder
1: <laughs> is not going to be hitting serves the way I used to. But I tell you what, if I could, I would definitely get back out there. Um, having said that, <laughs> speaking of uh, doubles, what about Su Wei she? I know. He drew to another final again in women's doubles. That was an amazing match yesterday. There were some crazy points. And is just, uh, Su Wei is just classic. Mm. I mean, the shit that she can pull off on the doubles court. I mean, I played against her a couple of times. and. Um, she's just hilarious, zero power, except when she wants to, she can slap a winner here and there. Yeah, on the backhand side she this can. This is what the women and the, in particular, the guys are still playing sort of traditional doubles, especially mm. Rohan Bapana and yeah. Matt Ebden. They're serving and bowling, they're coming to the net. Doubles is always going to be about taking away certain angles and being at the net is a very important thing. But also doubles is not about hitting the shit out of the ball. Doubles is about placement of the shot. Doubles is about putting your opponents in difficult situations. Doubles is about rolling the ball to people's feet that can't volley. Instead of just bashing every ball, she's the one player out there. And Mertens, Mertens, I have to say, to a certain degree, they are creative. You have to be creative in doubles and you have to play certain angles and certain shots and understand where your opponents are and no one does it better still to this day then Su Wei. and so she's through to another Grand Slam final. And
2: Stubbsy, it wouldn't be us if we didn't mention two frosty handshakes on the Ooh, yeah. women's side. Yep. Um, Sinjakova and Krychikova, who split, played each other in the quarterfinals. Frosty. Sinjakova with Storm uh, Hunter went through. Frosty handshake. Yesterday, Elise Mattens, who used to play with Storm Hunter. Frosty handshake. Frosty handshake. So we're just going to put it out there in the universe without commenting on it further frosty handshakes all right uh medvedev this and should be another t-shirt frosty, frosty handshakes. handshakes
1: and then on the back a photo of Ostapenko. because <laughs> <laughs> she's the queen um but anyway uh medvedev and zverev in the evening i'm pumped about that as well hopefully medvedev can like get, finish this zverev off and have him like deal with his court case because if i have to listen to one more fucking person talk about why is zverev still playing well it's the way the law works kids you can't stop him from playing. Um, but um, I just hope that Medvedev um, makes it through to another final. He's played more free in tennis this two weeks. He's been on the court. He looked like, as I said, looked like the guy that walked out of the desert after, like, trying to find his car. And he got lost because he lost his keys or something
2: You know day. how he looked like? He looked like uh, he was in the basement and yeah. the apocalypse happened. Yeah. And he walked out and, and like, the humanity was wiped off of Earth. What's and happening? he was like, oh,
1: my God. And he walked around for three days getting sunburned, going... <laughs> I his hair is like... His an hair. And he's like, anyway, I freaking love the guy so much. So ho- hopefully he can get through that match. And... I'm not going to lie. I Listen, I am so beyond respect. My level of respect for Novak is through the roof. Like, he is – and it would be kind of fitting for him to break the 24, even though Serena didn't do it, to beat it with Margaret Court here. Oh, yes. Because, you know, I'm desperate for someone to, like, knock Margaret Court off of her perch of the having the most grand slams, even though she won ten of them down here with, like, half a field. Um, But I just – but I would love to see Yannick break through. I, I, I said that I think he can win – a Grand Slam this year. And I thought the Australian Open was actually a really good place for him because I think the court suits him, the ball suits him. So over five sets, Nyanik has to compartmentalise every set. One set, next. One set, next. Like, you can't be like, oh, my God, I've got to win another Mm. set. You just have to compartmentalise and go set by set. And I I think that he's going to do that today. Can he win? We'll see. I can't wait for these
2: matches today. Thanks for joining us today. You little added anything for... I don't. I don't. I uh, sign most of the things you say except for the controversial stu- stuff. I hope you get the only hate for that. <laughs> uh, but that's why I'm here, kid. That's
1: why I'm here. Um. But anyway. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening to us. It's uh, daytime. We're going to go shower and get ourselves ready for the day. So thanks for listening. So everyone. cheers.